Welcome to the Pearl of Great Price podcast. Thanks for joining us today. It's the 16th of May. And on this day in Christian history, we go back to the 9th century. And we travel to Ireland, where today we remember St. Brendan's feast day, celebrated by Catholics, Anglicans and Orthodox Christians. A book known as the Navigatio Sancti Brendani Abatis, the voyage of St. Brendan the Abbot, full of exploration, religious symbolism and strange fantastic tales, was written in the 9th century. Impossible to dismiss totally as legend, it may describe a successful journey across the Atlantic via Iceland to the east coast of the American continent. The book was known widely in Europe throughout the Middle Ages, to the extent that Christopher Columbus used it as a reference to guide and support his assertion that lands were reachable across the Atlantic. Paul Chapman argues that Columbus learnt from the Navigatio that the currents and winds would favour westbound travel by a southerly route from the Canary Islands and eastbound on the return trip by a more northerly route. And hence he followed this itinerary on all of his voyages. Brendan built a curra-like boat of wattle, covered it with hides tanned in oak bark, softened with butter and set up a mast and a sail. The tradition of being a peregrinatio por Cristo, an exile for Christ, where individuals permanently left their home and put themselves entirely in God's hands, at the mercy of winds and currents, is a well-attested to tradition in Celtic monasticism. See the podcast of May the 11th. Most of the journeys were eastward to Scotland or Europe across smaller seas. To journey westwards across the North Atlantic Ocean in such small boats was a very difficult, different and difficult challenge. In fact, over 40 years ago, adventurer, writer and historian Tim Severin decided to build a traditional ship and see if it was even possible. Using traditional design and building techniques, he fashioned a modern curra, christened it Brendan, and set off from Ireland to reach North America. Successful in showing that it could have been done, Severin published a book and an article in National Geographic magazine, and gave new life to this ancient tale, which many had dismissed as a legend. When Columbus and others returned from their famous explorations and opened up a new world to be explored, see the pod of May the 4th, people began to re-examine the story of St. Brendan and to look for correlations between the islands described in the story and the newly discovered lands to the west. 
those more optimistic readers and perhaps being influenced by confirmation bias could see possible evidence of the author's knowledge of the far northern sea ice, the vast eastern woodlands of North America, Canada, and even the low sandy islands of the Bahamas. And some scholars point to similarities between the written Navigatio, Brendan's voyage, and older Celtic myths as an indication that knowledge of the Western lands may go back even further and simply may have been retold with Brendan cast as the lead. The story belongs to the group of Irish romances, the Navigations, Imrama, which seem to be related in some ways to the classical body of the wanderings of Ulysses, Aeneas and Jason. Of the different versions of the Navigatio Sancti Brendani Abatis, the voyage of St. Brendan the Abbot, there are over a hundred manuscripts of the narrative throughout Europe at a time before the printing press, with many monks copying by hand. And many translations contain parallels and intertextual references to Bran and the voyage of Mael Duin. The story begins with St. Barrett telling of his visit to the island of Paradise which prompts Brendan to go in search of the isle, which he believes to be the Garden of Eden. He gathers a group of 14 monks, and they fast at three-day intervals for 40 days. They visit St Edna for three days and three nights, and then three latecomers join the group, possibly unbelievers even, and they interfere with Brendan's sacred numbers. They leave the coast of Kerry. They find an island with a dog and mysterious hospitality. No people but food left out. And, of course, an Ethiopian devil. One of the latecomers admits to stealing from the mysterious island. Brendan exercises the Ethiopian devil from the latecomer and the latecomer dies and is buried. Then they find an island of sheep, eat some and stay for Holy Week before Easter. They find the island of Gisconius. They celebrate Easter Mass and they hunt whales and fish. And then they find another island that is the paradise of birds. And the birds sing psalms and praise God. Then it's an island of the monks of Albi who have magic loaves, do not age, and maintain complete silence. They celebrate Christmas. They find a coagulated sea. A sea creature approaches the boat, but God shifts the sea to protect the men. Another sea creature comes, chops the first into three pieces and leaves. The men eat the dead sea creature. 
And then they find an island of three choirs of anchorites, another type of monk, who give them fruit. And then the second latecomer remains with them as everyone else leaves. The sea is clear. But many threatening fish circle their boat and God protects them. They find an island. But when they light a fire, the island sinks and they realise that it's actually a whale. They find a volcano. And demons take the third latecomer down to hell. They find Judas Iscariot sitting unhappily on a cold, wet rock in the sea and learn that this is his respite from hell for Sundays and feast days. <laughs> Brendan protects Judas from the demons of hell for one night and then they find an island where Paul the Hermit has lived a perfect monastic life for 60 years. He wears nothing but hair and is fed by an otter. At last they find the promised land of saints and then they return home and Brendan dies. The narrative is characterised by much literary licence. For instance, it refers to hell where great demons throw down lumps of fiery slag from an island with rivers of gold fire. Scholars think that perhaps this is their experience of Icelandic volcanoes. And also, they talk about great crystal pillars. Could these be icebergs? In a medieval Dutch version of Brendan's voyage, it takes nine years. And the journey begins as a punishment by an angel who saw that Brendan did not believe in the book, the truth of a book of the miracles of creation and threw it into a fire. The angel tells him that the truth has been destroyed and that he must go on the journey. Brendan's voyages were one of the most remarkable and enduring of European legends. And the question remains, where was this promised land of the saints that he discovers at the end? On the island of Pharaoh, there is a stamp which depicts St. Brendan. And this takes up a version that the island he discovered was in fact the Pharaoh Islands. Various pre-Columbian sea charts indicate that it's everywhere from the southern part of Ireland to the Canary Islands, to the Faroes or the Azores, to the island of Madeira. There is actually no reliable evidence to indicate that Brendan ever reached Greenland or the Americas. However, recently, Dennis Stanford of the Smithsonian Institution championed the idea that Stone Point styles in North America and Paleolithic Europe are just too similar not to raise the possibility that transatlantic voyages may go back to the very dawn of modern human culture in Europe and North America. 
Although geologists might also have something to say about this. How did Brendan end his life? We're on more firm historic ground when we know that he travelled to Wales and then to the Holy Isle Island off Iona, off the west coast of Scotland. Kilbrandon near Oban and Kilbrennan Sound are named in his honour. Finally, we know he returned to Ireland. He founded a monastery in Anachdown, where he spent the rest of his life. He is thought to have established churches in Galway and Mayo and was interred in Clonterfert Cathedral. There are numerous songs written about him and a variety of novels and poems. He is the patron saint of sailors and travellers at the United States Naval Academy in Annapolis, Maryland. A large stained glass window commemorates Brendan's achievements. Recently in Ireland, a long-distance footpath, the Brendan Way, has been completed in his memory. And the famous English author J.R.R. Tolkien wrote a poem called The Voyage of St. Brendan, which he included in his time travel story, The Notion Club Papers, which was published posthumously in 1992 in Sauron Defeated. Brendan has also been adopted by the scuba diving industry as the patron saint of scuba divers. And in a recent video game, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, players can solve many puzzles left by Brendan. That's all from the Pearl of Great Price today. Join us tomorrow if you can as we look at the missionary priest Louis Marquette mapping the Mississippi. I hope you enjoyed listening. Please subscribe and leave a comment on the blog if you have time at www.pogp.net. And if you'd like to respond directly, then email the show on pogppod.gmail.com. Have a lovely day wherever you are, and thanks for listening.